I always remember being like 15 years old in a board of directors like meeting room with an alcohol company, Lord. you know, and they're like, you know, asking me to do designs for them. And I mean, that kind of fell apart for different reasons. And nowadays, I mean, at, at some point I made the decision like no ATF, no alcohol, no tobacco, no firearm. <laughs> Welcome to Design Party, your one-stop shop for everything product design. I'm your host, Antonia, and with me is Vitaly Gusetinsky. Welcome, welcome. It's very nice um, because today we are recording live again, but not from Vitaly's apartment. We actually came to public library, rented podcast kit and like a workroom, and now we're recording here in Audi. Yes, we're getting the most out of our tax money. Yes, exactly. I mean, we are paying high taxes. I'm going to come here every time, rent stuff and record here. Yeah, but it's really nice. These microphones seem really top notch. We got this Zoom recording mixer and yeah, everything's been really straightforward. Yeah, I'm thinking maybe maybe I should get one of these uh, interfaces. Uh -oh. <laughs> yeah, it's OO. When I saw it, I, I, I was thinking, should I go to Verko Kaupa? That's like a store where you can get these things here. And then check, Roadcaster has a new thing. You don't need like boosters with sure microphones with this new one. Mm. But yeah, anyway. So today we were thinking about talking, chatting a little bit about our design careers, like past, present and future. Mm. So why don't you start with this? Where do you see yourself in future? But maybe start from the past. Like how did you end up here? Like. <laughs> yeah, let's let's take a little trip down memory lane. So in a nutshell, um, I was really blessed that my grandma bought us a Pentium 166 megahertz computer with a one gigabyte hard drive. Um, I don't think it even had like a dedicated GPU. I think I had to buy that separately. I think it was like a Voodoo 2. And so I had the computer to be able to design with. And uh, yeah, I remember installing the pirated version of Photoshop 5 just before Photoshop 5.5 came out, which then thankfully gave us uh, inline text editing before it like opened as a box and you had to like, you couldn't even preview the text until you're like, okay, your settings. Imagine that struggle. Well, you're old. <laughs> yeah. And uh, yeah, then the, it was Netscape Composer, uh, the era of that and, and the Netscape browser. It was before Internet Explorer 6 even took over. And Why do you remember all of these things? Because it was like, you know, it's core memories. These ah, things really define okay, my, yeah. my trajectory in life. And so I had this um, classmate, Eric, and he made his own website. Mm -hmm. And I remember looking at it and I was like, how did he do this? And then I remember right clicking and there was view source. And this was back in the day when like, of course, people used Microsoft front page and... Uh, you know, Dreamweaver, but a lot of people coded by hand, even back then. And this guy had made it by hand. So it was very legible. It was very semantic. And so I read, it's like, okay, what's this H1? What's this P tag? And so I got really curious and I was like, I want to make my own website. So I made a GeoCities account and started to uh, reverse engineer. You know, I wanted to find the best under construction GIFs I could find. <laughs> And really make that shine, you know, and he had this seamless cloud background that I really wanted to like, I, I was playing in Photoshop for so long trying to make that happen. And yeah, I learned a lot. And then uh, from there, uh, I was 
pretty active in this art community that still exists, but isn't quite what it was, uh, quite what it is, what it was b back then called uh, deviant art. Oh, I knew you were going to say that. Me too. <laughs> oh, yeah. And I was more like doing uh, like poetry, written stuff there. And then I was I was doing like some poster design. And then I saw this huge skinning community where people were like skinning Windows XP uh, and, and all these other Winamp, Winamp, ICQ, you know, all the all the great stars of the day. And so I started to make some skins and I collaborated my first time with some programmers. It was pretty interesting and it went super straightforward. And I even got uh, uh, what was it called? Deviation of the day or what? Oh, really? Look oh, at yeah. that fancy person in the room. How old were you? Uh, so this was 96. So I was six. <laughs> yeah. So <laughs> Uh, you were 10. Yeah, I was I was around 10. I think, yeah, 96, 97, I was just around 10, 12. And I think I was around, like, yeah, 13 years old or so when, I like, my first skins came out. And, uh, and then also I was helping Half-Life mods. So I was making some interface designs and some of their websites. So I was really getting, like, very organically into the user interface, user experience world. But mostly I was doing websites for small businesses, different types of ads. My mom ran her own paper, so there was always need for different types of graphic work. I still remember the day when I designed uh, for this theater, this poster, and I had to use uh, Microsoft Paint to make like inverted uh, round uh, corners for this box because I didn't know how to do that in Photoshop yet, but I could do it in MS Paint. <laughs> and so... Um, and I still remember I used like black to a dark red gradient for the background. And I was using a lot of time to like make the text look really nice. And I remember that maybe my mom still has this photo, but we were outside of Gloria, which was like this culture center in Helsinki and little old, like 13 year old Vitali pointing at the poster, which is printed and plastered on the wall with the biggest grin on his face. Ah, oh, that's so wholesome. Yeah. If you have that picture somewhere, send it like if you ever stumble upon it or something. Sounds really nice. Mm -hmm. But how about you, Antonia? How did you get into design? It was quite random. So I was probably something like early teen. So I would say maybe 12. Let's go with 12. And I loved DeviantArt and I loved like just messing with the computer. And then there was this competition for best website design. I knew nothing about website design. I just always loved art and design and just doing something creative with myself, whether on a paper or digitally. I was blessed that I had a computer back in the day because, well, it was very luxurious thing. So not every family had one. So I was designing this website for this competition. It was on this biggest forum in Croatia. It's like forum.hr. And um, I submitted my design and I, I forgot about it. Like I just went somewhere, did my shit. And a few days after I, I got like a, a private message like, hey, you won this competition. You get a free domain for a year. Wow. And I'm like, what? I want something? Wow, that's crazy. Like this is super crazy. So I went ahead to this hosting provider and there were some instructions. Like I didn't know anything, like what's the main, what's hosting, nothing, zero. That was like all very new to me. But by accident, I also put the hosting in the basket. But then the organizer of that competition said like, I had no worries, like just have it. it it's yours. And I remember my first domain was Cosmica. 
dot com. <laughs> that was my alias, like on on the interwebs. <laughs> Um, because cosmos space and I'm like tracky and love space and all of that. So it made sense for me. I cringe <clears throat> when I remember that. But anyways, moving forward, I have my website, um, which I don't know how I managed to to put it. I think I used like Dreamweaver and then just sliced everything and just um I think the Dreamweaver did all the magic with slicing and it was just a table you, you uploaded. Mm-hmm. So it was you know, very kind of easy task. But anyway, um, this is how I first like learned about domains and, and hosting and creating websites. I think I did all of that in pirated Photoshop. Um, and then after that, it was like blog boom or around the same time. And of course I had to have my blog as every other kid in school, but I didn't have only one blog. I had like 20 blogs and, uh, then I discovered that you can, you know, theme the blog. Like you, you created skins for for like different uh, interfaces. This is what I did for uh, my blog. And there was this one blog uh, that was basically called Tutorial Blog by some woman, um, like in Croatia, and she was basically talking about HTML and CSS and all of that in a very easy vocabulary. So me as a kid, I could understand everything. So I made like amazing teacher, that woman. And this is how I started to code. So I had like some crappy designing skills, not too much, but, um, you know, I could code stuff and little by little, I just started to like find myself designing stuff and coding stuff. And like you, I just organically showed up in the whole design space. But then I had actually quite a long gap, um, like during college, I think, and, and young adulthood. But anyway, m- maybe more about that a little bit later. I want to hear about your present. Hmm. Well, I have to also admit that I also, uh, I was really infatuated with the game Fallout when mm-hmm. I was a kid. And uh, I made this like blog called Paradise Falls, which was all about like fallout tips and tricks and even like fan fiction and stuff. And I remember that actually had a little bit of traction. And I remember dealing with like, because it's funny, like back in the day, we really wanted those pixel perfect designs for websites before the era of CSS. Mm. And we just hacked tables to make everything happen. And of course, every browser rendered them differently. And it was so much of like hitting your head against the wall. Internet Explorer 6 is the demon. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Uh, so, uh, so basically how it continued with me, I also had a big gap. So around the same time, like high school, um, I, I work, I've worked all different types of jobs from phone salesman to grocer to Mm. construction handyman, auto detailer, you name it, tried all kinds of professions, even though, uh, like I said, like from a very early age, I was getting some gigs doing freelance. I mean, I'll still remember, I always remember being like 15 years old, in a board of directors like meeting room with an alcohol company, Lord. you know, and they're like, you know, asking me to do designs for them. And I mean, that kind of fell apart for different reasons. And nowadays, I mean, at, at some point I made the decision like no ATF, no alcohol, no tobacco, no firearms. Um, we have to draw our, our lines. And and so, uh, yeah, I actually was able to work with a Finnish uh, medical startup that was working in the U.S. digitizing patient trials for for uh, trial drugs. And so that's like a very highly regulated industry, um, which traditionally is all paper-based. And so 
uh, I got to help them build prototypes for the digital systems that they would use for these patient trials. So I got really into, um, you know, compliance, accessibility, uh, all kinds of uh, like how to make HTML prototypes that seem legit, basically through user flows. And I didn't know any of that vocabulary, you know, even service design itself was very young at that time. Um, and it was a really interesting education through there. And I spent a few years abroad. I was one year in Spain, one year in Tanzania, kind of like starting these digital agencies, uh, trying to kind of like uh, break out on my own. And that was really interesting. I learned a lot about business and uh, how the world works, so to say, during those experiences. And so when I came back to Finland, this was around 2012, um, it was the first time in my life when I actually had difficulties getting a job. Now, because of my name, I always had to send a you know, hundreds of CVs. But when I landed an interview, I pretty much always landed the job. And now I wasn't getting called to interviews. And when I was getting called to interviews, I wasn't landing the job. So I was like, what am I going to do? Well, uh, I applied to school. But at the same time, I had applied to a, uh, it was called a front end designer title. Um, because UI UX was still not really in the mainstream. And uh, yeah, after the biggest vetting process of my life uh, to this day, like I went through like maybe three job interviews. I had a, uh, a test I had to do, or like they gave me a design and I had to make it into HTML, CSS responsively, of course, and also do like a psychological evaluation. Like it was great. It was intense. <laughs> you passed that? No, <laughs> <laughs> no way. This is fake story. I don't trust you. Yeah, well, I mean, you know, maybe they couldn't find anyone more stable. Who knows? <laughs> But in any case, I landed the job and that was my first like proper gig. And so I actually even got applied, uh, accepted to the school that I applied for. But then I decided to not do it, at least for then. I did eventually get my bachelor's. So I was in the middle of the mobile revolution in a job that uh, focused specifically on media. So streaming video, uh, newspapers. So, uh, and also like working a lot directly with Microsoft, learning even more about topography and grid systems because they were really pushing their Windows 8 and, and, and the Windows mobile platform. And I learned so much and I got to work on really big projects. Like I was uh, for a while, the, like the design lead for smartphone or like uh, feature phone um, designs for Bloomberg.com, for example. Oh, look at that. Yeah. So I got to work with like Discovery, with uh, MTV Media. Um, I built the e-reader platform for uh, a really big Finnish publisher. I got to make uh, also the digital one-to-one um, -one, uh, version of a very popular magazine here in Finland. So I was learning a lot. Uh, my skill set was growing. And at the same time, I felt a bit um, like I wanted to do more. I felt a bit too much like a cog in a way. Like there wasn't enough mobility in the job to kind of like progress. Even though I was learning, I felt like I had much more to give. So a few years into that, uh, I decided to do my bachelor's and to start my own company. And so I actually even my thesis was designing the brand for the company that I founded. And that I really tried to like pivot into uh, media. So a lot of video and photography. And that was all right. Like I got to do some really cool video projects. I got to do uh, editorial magazine photography, portraiture. Um, but at the same time, it was a bit too much for one person. Mm -hmm. So I, I was kind of getting on the edge of burnout. I was too stressed every month where the yeah. next paycheck's going to come from. 
making video projects for corporate clients as a one person is insane. insane. Yeah, no one knows what they want, but they know they want a video. Uh, so it was crazy. Uh, and I, w- I wasn't the best in, in terms of, um, well, on any level, like <laughs> whether it's scale or negotiation, pricing, like I had so much to learn and I grew a lot, but it was too much. And so then I decided that actually I want to be part of a team and I want to face even more difficult challenges. And so I went back into the world of UI UX. Um, and that's where I am now still at Fraktio, almost six years in. But because we're such a modern uh, organization, like flat hierarchy, I get to really define uh, what I'm working on that every year has felt different and I can measurably see how I grow and it's an amazing work environment. So, so far I haven't felt the need to move ship. Wow. Six years in the same company. Mm. I can't even imagine that. It's my turn to say how I got here in the same room with you sitting and recording this podcast. Sure. <laughs> okay. I'm going to be very quick because it's um, not that long of a story. So anyways, I had a huge gap. Um, between my teen years and then, uh, let's say, mid-twenties, when I returned back to the world of digital and IT and uh, designing. So I finished uh, my high school. I went to School of Applied Arts and Design, scenography department, really um, nothing that has anything to do with what I do today. And then after that, I went to... Uh, college like it was IT college but unfortunately I only went there for one year and unfortunately I couldn't pass physics Um, so I decided to you know just give up and transfer my ass to another college which is for fashion design which is something I could care less like literally like I don't care about it at all I knew that I'm not going to do anything with that diploma before I even enrolled there Hmm. but uh, there was a caveat. Um, I don't know how how it works here right now or before, but you need to pay your education in Croatia, in most cases, I would think. And in Finland, it's free. Well, they say in Croatia is also free, but it's really not like that. I don't know what the hell um, they spend taxpayer money on, but I know that like entrance exam that costs uh, that costs something. Then. Um, like if you're not in, I don't know, like top 1%, you need to pay a full scholarship, which is, I don't know, 1,000, 2,000 euros depends. That's a lot of money for a student. Like I didn't have that kind of money. Um, so um, yeah, I actually paid that one year in that IT college because I had a stipend from um, doing Taekwondo and being such a great student. So I got some stipend from city of Zagreb, which is my uh, hometown. But yeah, I burned through that cash like quite quickly. And, um, I didn't have any other option, but to transfer to a college that I will not pay. So what I did was I, I went to this fashion college because I knew that I will, you know, just ace it. And I was correct, even though I was not like super sure, but I had to convince myself because I had to tell my mom hey guess what i'm dropping out uh, and i will try this different school so it was like a little shit show um but yeah i was in top 10 so that means i don't have to pay for college for this year but then you need to keep your grades up um and listen to all the classes in order to um you keep that status of not paying basically mm-hmm. that was my game i did it i didn't pay for anything so I managed to like get some diploma. 
but after that i didn't do anything like i i only worked like stupid jobs i mean not stupid but dead end mm. you know as a cashier in various stores uh in call center a lot that i think that uh damaged my brain permanently um and then also i was shoveling snow like i worked anywhere i could get some cash off yeah there was like a huge gap and it seemed that i'm done with computers but then one day i noticed this e-commerce site that was creation but design was like really good it was like responsive and like modern and i was like oh my god this is great like i love this, this is the first website i saw that i really really love and i sent them email hey i love your design like everything like if, if you need a web designer or something i would like to join your team and little did i know one year in and i work for them wow yes i did some like unpaid uh like trial and there was like some hustling but yeah they they decided to hire me it was like this basically family-owned thing well, I will not go into that story too much because it ended extremely bad. Um, but yeah, anyway, after that, I, I also had like some some troubles. I couldn't find job um, as a designer in Croatia. Unfortunately, it was not a thing before. Mm. And uh, yeah, um, then over time, I was working like stupid jobs. And then I landed product designer role five years ago now, five and a half or something like that. I was in my mid-twenties. Yeah, definitely 25, yeah. Uh, but that also ended like super bad. I mean, it's really maybe unfair to bullshit about Croatia all the time, but I really had horrible experience. Like all my experiences were very, very toxic. Mm. So yeah, that um, that last job was done. And then I decided that this is not my future, that I cannot live like this and i just packed my bags and moved to finland and i i was working like in a karaoke uh, karaoke <laughs> <laughs> nightclub uh for a few months and trying to you know just get some job as a designer i was ready to work for like thousand euros which is not enough for paying rent here mm. i just needed a job and in four months i did land my first finnish product design job and yeah, since then I've been just like upping my career with every job change. And uh, yeah, for a little over two years now, this is my longest streak so far. Usually <laughs> after like when it's like two year mark, I'm like, okay, I'm done. I cannot handle this. I need a new <laughs> job. This is too boring. This is not challenging. I, I hate it. No. But yeah, um, a little bit over two years now I'm in Vault and um, it's it's been quite um rewarding experience i learned a lot maybe not like design theory kind of things a lot mm. but like just handling enterprise projects like so many people work on the same thing it's it's really important to you know be cool all the time and you know pick your battles and um, understand who to ask when and be very, very proactive. I yeah. think that's the core thing when you have like a project that hundreds of people are working on. Mm. And uh, yeah, a few years later and I'm in the studio in the center of um, Helsinki with you recording <laughs> this. Yeah, it was actually kind of uh, funny how we met originally. Yeah, you, you befriended me. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I got in touch with you. Like, well, first of all, I remember that you were asking on UX Hell, I yeah. think it was, yeah. uh, who would be interested uh, in being interviewed for a podcast or something like this. And then I got in touch with you and I said like, hey, I'm, I'm up for this. And then that didn't really go anywhere because you were too busy and like it, it didn't go anywhere. And then uh, our company upgraded from Figma Pro to Figma Org. Ooh. And I was talking with... Uh, with the representative who was in charge of our account. And he talked talk to me about Friends of Figma. Mm. And I was like, oh, this is cool. I would like to organize Friends of Figma. And then I look like, hey, this is that Antonia. Like, yeah. because you had already like kind yeah. of taken the Helsinki chapter or the Finland chapter. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it's unoccupied right now if you're up for it. Yeah, I mean, we've been talking about organizing something for ages, but I'm happy that we got this going now. So yeah, after that, um, we got in touch and then we started talking and we've been good friends ever since. Yeah, um, we were talking for, I think, good six months, like on a regular basis online. And then one day you were just, hey, I'm like in your hood. Um, and we just met, like you came, you you brought cherries and we met face to face and we have been recording podcasts and taking pictures and, and stuff like that ever since. Yeah. How long ago was that? Was that like last year, the year before? Hmm. I mean, after the pandemic, time is just like a big concept. Hmm. I e yeah, it was last year. Hmm. Like in the beginning of last year, we met. Yeah, but I want to ask you about um, how, like, you had this journey, and it sounds very similar to mine. You know, it's kind of like the hero's journey. You know, the 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 destiny comes calling and we're like nah mm. and then it finds its way to like come back and like no 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 this is your thing yes and we're like okay it is because also for me like I, nowadays i spend a lot of time teaching and i really love um talking about design which is <laughs> one of the reasons i love doing this podcast um and so like i always had this like desire to teach people to to help them kind of not go through the challenges i went through you know whether or not same here you know, this is from childhood trauma or learning Photoshop and these skills before the age of Google, you know, which was crazy. You'd find like forum posts with broken images uh, links and then they're just like using very short form text trying to describe how to create like an effect. And you just got to reverse engineer that. Um, uh, so, yeah, it sounds like there's a lot of similarity to our journeys, but I'm wondering like how outside of your day job did design um, mold or affect uh -huh. your kind of like growing up or or your life journey ah yes 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 uh let's see so i'm much more sensitive to aesthetics than i would be if i didn't pursue this career that's for sure um to the point where i will stop using the app because i hate the interface so much <laughs> not only interface like just experience using it and everything also when i was younger and had my first iphone I remember purchasing maybe a couple of apps just because they looked good. I never used them really. I didn't have any like reason to use them. Mm. Um, but I just purchased them like for like one dollar or something because they looked so good. So I think um hmm, I don't know. How would I how would I categorize that? Well, would you say you've had any like experiences or kind of things that have happened because of your design capabilities or a career that otherwise wouldn't have happened maybe i think uh, my youtube channel happened just because i have been in design so i mean designing interfaces for such a long time um 
is not that far away from editing videos. Mm. I mean, they're just moving frames. Otherwise, I'm just editing one standstill frame, right? Mm. So, yeah, I think um, because I was always somehow like in this creative ecosystem, it, it was very easy for me to pick up something else that's very creative, uh, such as audio and video. And uh, yeah, um, I, I learned a lot about video editing, color grading and audio and all of that through last few years of running the channel to the point where I could seriously teach somebody how to properly edit videos because I watched hundreds of hours of tutorials, like really. Mm. And um, yeah, apart from that, I'm not really sure. Um, like I said, I'm not really into fashion. My clothing is usually black. Um, I don't have art in my apartment because I like to keep it simple. But yeah, I think that's it. How about you? Yeah, well, I mean, it's a double-edged sword. I'd say that I've helped a lot of friends, you know, with designing stuff for them, but I've also ruined friendships. What? And like, I remember like, for example, one time I was going to this gym, you know, and it was the best gym downtown. You know, they had a sauna and a boxing bag as well as Ooh. like really good equipment, you know, so it's like the rarest combo and it was right downtown. Uh, and they would seem to always kind of be struggling with their growth. And so I kind of like mentioned to the owner, like, Hey, you know, would you want to have a better website, have more consistent, like social media campaigns and stuff like this? And it's like, first of all, why would I want to make my gym more busy? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> what? Uh, and so, uh, yeah, I put a lot of effort. I mean, I got paid, but not much. And it was a real hassle. And ultimately, it just completely soured my relationship with the owner of that gym. And I had to find myself a new gym. Oh. You know, so you know, like there's stories of where I've been really thankful to like help uh, friends like, you know, make a music video for them or uh, to make a website for um, a small business or NGO or something like this. But at the same time, like it has sometimes put strains on my relationships. And so I've become much more picky with who I help. Like I'd much rather forward them to someone who I can recommend than do it myself if I know the person. And I really know or like have learned the wisdom of like don't mix friends uh, friends and business. Yeah, I agree. I also have a couple of ruined friendships because of that. Um, so it's a really good rule to follow. If you have some project, job, whatever, mm. better leave it out of friendship. It will 90% ruin it. Yeah, I would at least like set very clear expectations, because I think that a, a lot of our work is the expectation management of like what you will be doing and what you won't be doing. But I mean, I used to like when I created websites for um, clients and stuff, I would host them. But now I help them set up their own hosting. Like, of course, it's a little bit of passive income. You know, you can charge some money every year for upkeep and stuff. But why? Why, why would you want to deal with them when, yeah, when exactly. something doesn't work? You know, WordPress updates and then it breaks something like it's it's no fun. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. So, so it seems that, hmm. so it seems that, uh, we had some positive and negative outcomes from being designers through and through. Hmm. Where do you see yourself like in future? Do you see yourself as a individual contributor or, well, I would assume that you want to pursue this company thing, but yeah, tell me more. Yeah. Well, I mean, I'm kind of excited. I've been trying to like kind of rest my bones, um, during this beginning of my summer vacation, but I still have a bunch of weeks left and I really want to get into uh, building some online courses and, and kind of like 
my dream would be to kind of like build a design cooperative. So mm-hmm. kind of like a school for design that also helps people um, get jobs, you know, so like kind of you pay to learn and then eventually you are able from that same source to get jobs that kind of then pay itself back. But it's a long road there. And uh, I don't see it that it really even competes with my day job because I don't know if I necessarily want to quit, at least for now, because I get to work with really big companies and work on really big challenges. But at the same time, uh, you know, I don't have the leeway to create all the courses or all the experiments that I would want to inside of that context because it's so purpose driven and and kind of as a consultancy to service the customers. But sometimes I would want to make like a maybe like a course on data visualization and then see if uh, it has value for people, you know, to be more kind of speculative and stuff. And of course, you know, if I fought for it, I could make that happen. But we're also an organization that works in Finnish. So mm-hmm. I just uh, my future, I think, will be more teaching design and empowering teams like uh, I had a talk about this um, at Vault, actually, at, at the Design Day event oh, right. where, when I kind of like uh, mapped the trajectory of my career. And so I, like in a nutshell, it's basically like I went from designing uh, aesthetic things to helping businesses achieve their goals to involving user and now the ultimate uh, step is that I remove myself from the equation and I help the teams themselves do all of those things without the designer himself or herself being present. That's really nice. So, okay. So it seems that you're going to pursue like your own things. Like you don't see yourself like just another cog in a company and like just doing. Well, that's always plan B, right? Uh, Yeah. Right. Yeah. That's true. Yeah. I mean, of course, it's really interesting, like, to, because uh, I mean, currently I'm a design lead, but we're a non hierarchical organization. So there's two design leads, and it's amazing. Like, it's really fun to collaborate and, and to not be a- alone. But I'm also not kind of like responsible for other designers. Like, I'm not leading a team per se. I'm more trying to help, uh, of course, sales to kind of like be the spearhead there, and then also to facilitate the growth and the ease of work for others. And and that's fine. But of course, like it does intrigue me, like what it would be like, because I've always pretty much exclusively worked in consultancies or as a consultant, what would it be like to work in a product team and maybe lead a team of designers? It's or, great. Yeah. I mean, it would be interesting. You know, those kind of things intrigue me. Uh, so I don't think that it's a like um, something that will never happen. It's a potentiality and something that I might explore if this kind of like becomes a bit too difficult to maybe work on uh, my own project because I always see it as something that I can develop on the side and have it slow burning. And, you know, I'm really uh, uh, kind of like I see you as kind of like a role role model in the sense that you have your YouTube channel, you're doing all these things and trying different stuff. And I think that that's very admirable. It's very time consuming and uh, mentally draining. And I had really rough patches because of, for example, YouTube. So Sold. I mean, that's exactly what I want. <laughs> struggle. If you want struggle, that's your path forward. But you have so so much experience in recording different courses. I think I think YouTube, if you like, ever start one, um, will be like super nice for you. you. Will not have like initial struggles as, per, for example, I had mm. because I had zero nothing experience. It was like, okay, what what am I doing? I remember uh, so. I remember first time I set up my thing, like I, I bought like 50 euro um, blue 
I don't know, like this this ball looking microphone. Yeah. I don't know what's what's the name, but anyway, it looks like snowball. And um That might be its name actually. It, I think so. I think it might be. So I had like my cap. I put the camera like a little bit higher. Uh, I put glasses and basically I boxed myself with all these accessories. Like, and you couldn't actually see my face because I was so shy of camera. I didn't want anyone to see me, but I was recording a video <laughs> of myself. Like how stupid that is. But yeah, like in, it took a long time to overcome this initial fear of like, huh, okay, this is me on camera. English is not not my native language. Oh my God, I'm so scared. Jesus, uh, mm. I don't know words. I don't know anything anymore. <laughs> Please help. Um, but yeah, you don't need to go through that. So I think it's going to be like for you super easy. Mm. Uh, for myself, like, hmm, I think I would like to do exactly what you described. Like just teaching others, helping facilitate projects and coordinate teams. I think that might be nice. I don't see myself being individual contributor for many years in future because um, while I love designing, some other things are definitely sucking all the joy out of it and I just don't think it's worth it. Or I was also thinking maybe a little bit later I can be like head of design or some, I don't know, senior lead designer in, in startup that has like just you know, small team and they need somebody with some experience to lead them. I think mm. that would be quite exciting. Managing teams, definitely. Like managing big teams is definitely not for me. While the company is small, yes, for sure. But like having, I don't know, 20, 30, 50, 100 designers um, underneath mm. me, that's, uh, that, that sounds horrible, to be quite honest. Like absolutely mm. horrible. So I don't think I will ever go down that road. But yeah, I'm also thinking about recording course. Unfortunately, um, I didn't do it still. I thought I'm going to do it in, in uh, during my vacation, which is ending in a couple of days. <laughs> I don't want. I don't want. You said I have more weeks. Like I'm like, <laughs> let me uh, wipe my tear. Um, but yeah, I ordered this uh, new MacBook Air M2. Nice. And I'm gonna move in month or something, month and a half to a little bit bigger place, literally a few stairs, uh, like up upstairs of my apartment. There's like vacant um, two, three bedroom, depends how you count it, mm. apartment. So. I'm going to have, again, my little studio. It will not be as cool as the one I used to have, <laughs> but uh, it's going to be almost as cool. So mm. I'm going to record course then. Nice. Yeah, and I mean, it really sounds like the, the through line here is continual growth, exciting things, um, and, uh, you know, trying things that we haven't tried before. Mm. And I think that those are all really good characteristics for any designer. Um, yeah, to always... To, to continue learning because I feel like that's the great thing about design like that's sometimes what I tell my friends I'm like you know it's so crazy I get paid to learn you know? yeah it's crazy when you think about it what would you do if you would not be in design anymore um that's a good question I mean honestly I think uh for <laughs> financially I think I would go for management you know uh but I think passion wise uh photography 
Mm. I really love that. But it's a really difficult uh, thing to make a living out of nowadays. Yeah, I I would assume quite impossible nowadays. I mean, yeah. well, you really got to find your niche, you know. Yeah, and I don't know. It seems it seems very hard, mm. and people don't value value it as maybe they used to because photography became commodity. Yeah, got an like, <laughs> yeah exactly. Like with, with freaking iPhone. You you can get like pretty amazing shot if you're at the right place and you know how to position yourself and maybe yeah, you, know you have golden hour. light. Yeah. yeah. You know, but I mean the great thing is like I have a lot of interests and passions. So, you know, I could have been a personal trainer, but I, that doesn't pay well and you don't see many personal trainers above the age of 40, you know, cuz they just burn out. It's it's a very thankless job. Um life coach you know this kind of thing. <laughs> I don't know how much people would pay for that. You know, I, I, I love I love your reaction. <laughs> These are my dreams, Antonio. No, no, but it, like a lot of different options. But I I think definitely it wouldn't be something very generic. You know, like a driver, grocer, something like this. Like I've I've seen too much how nice IT can be. Like you know, it's really the industry to be in if you want to choose your employer and have good benefits. True. More or less. <laughs> yeah, like I mean, what's what what field offers better salaries, better uh, benefits than IT? Yeah, probably none at the moment. Unless you're like you know uh, one of these like oil stock brokers, yeah, or oil or something. But then you work insane hours and you're in a horribly bureaucratic, thankless environment where everyone's just trying to knock you down. Yeah, that's so. true. It sounds very stressful. Um, three years in IT, I learn to value my health especially mental health mm. which i took for granted when i was a little bit younger so yeah i don't know like i think i would sell pancakes on street that sounds very nice yeah i was even thinking doing that th this summer like building my own um cart mm. and just making little pancakes for like five euros like nice. chocolate or i don't know caramel or maybe even salty i don't know mm. I don't think I have any other skills. I mean, I could be a photographer. I mean, I'm I'm self-taught. I didn't know anything about photography like two, three years ago. Like nothing. Mm. I was shooting all my photos with Oro. <laughs> Late night confessions. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So like, after having a DSLR for years, I figured that I can manually focus. Like after a couple of years of having DSLR, I'm like, what? <laughs> look at this oh my god this is magic um but yeah hmm yeah photography videography i, I could do all of that with mm. a little bit of uh, actual training because i couldn't find any project somebody would pay me for i would mm. even do it for free at this point because i just want to have projects mm. um what else pancakes photography videography do you have some other skill I don't well, I mean, I guess I could teach calligraphy. I'm not the best at it, but I can help people get started. But that sounds like a course on like Udemy or Skillshare. Yeah, but you know, they have the, like these paint and wine evenings, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They have in Terempeli down there. I saw like they paint and then they drink wine. Yeah, I always yeah, wanted yeah. to go. I would yeah, just it seems like fun. <laughs> I, I could definitely teach like um, like painting mm. or or clay modeling. I was really good at that in high school. Mm. But that doesn't excite me, not a single bit. I would love to win a Euro jackpot, like really high number of millions, and do nothing. Just travel and chill and I don't know. I mean, it sounds nice, but you have, have you read the stories of people who have won the lottery? 
they are stupid. They don't know how to enjoy life. Come on. Imagine if you have all that money and you can do whatever. I would just, I would keep my YouTube channel, but I would hire people to help me. Mm. I, I would make it a thing. I would hire like editors and, and designers. Um, I would hire a language coach and whatnot to improve my English and just speaking in general. I would hire three personal trainers to, you know, one for shape each body me. part. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Like I would make a show. Like it would be great. I've had these thoughts too. I think that's why we don't have that money, you know, because we'd actually put it to good use. Yeah, I would definitely invest in some real estate. Mm. Maybe I have a couple of startup ideas, but you know, I'm a lesbian woman. Nobody will give me funding. Jesus, like <laughs> it's not gonna happen ever. I would put money into that. Mm. But yeah, well, I guess our chatter is over. Yeah, we. I think we've gone off topic enough to wrap yeah. it up. <laughs> and also, my SD card is almost full, so I. I think it's better to wrap it up before we are like. <laughs> Well, thanks for joining us at this wonderful uh, episode here in Audi with our super fantastic podcast equipment. Let's come again. Yes, let's do it. And then we'll get like one of those noise canceling or like sound isolated uh, recording rooms. I don't know how much people have been Ooh. hearing the, the the doors here, but yeah, I've definitely been hearing next them. Next time. Next time. Let's do that. Yeah. But this was a lot of fun. This was a lot of fun. Thank you for coming. Thank you for hanging out with me on this beautiful Friday. And if you are listening this from uh, Spotify, there is an option to send a message. So use it. You can ask us whatever. It can be design question or personal question. If it's not too nasty, we might answer. Oh, we'll definitely answer. Even if it's nasty, we'll figure out a non-nasty version of the question and answer that question. Okay, that sounds really good. That's all from me. I'm your host, Antonia, once again. I hope you liked this episode. And until next time. Bye-bye.